0: Exodus 34 29 through 35. It says now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses's hand when he came down from the mountain that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them as commandments all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, He put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. So, tonight for a title, is unveiling the glory. I am the one. Father, we bless you tonight. We praise you. We glorify you. Father, I am yours and you are mine. Lord, you love me and I love you. I belong to you. I always have, always will, Father. So tonight, I come to you covered in the blood of Jesus and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Father, I don't come in my own spirit. I don't come in my own anointing, God. But you have placed me in a house with a father. So God will be on him tonight, God. Let it be on me, God. I greatly ex- receive it, God. I greatly accept it, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that whatever he would speak, God, I will speak, Lord God. Whatever he would say, God, I will say, Lord God. I am your vessel as he is your vessel Lord he is Elijah God I am Elijah Lord father I thank you I praise you I glorify you we can't wait to hear what you have to say tonight in Jesus name we pray amen 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 so you can take your seats tonight and in this story Moses he has been up on the mountaintop to speak with God and this is not his first time on the mountaintop with God and he's coming down with the tablets in his hand, the 10 commandments that God has engraved his word on. And the thing is, this is the second time because the first time when he went up, he came back down and the children of Israel had gone crazy. He came down and they had built a golden image and that's what they were worshiping. And they said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. This is the God who parted the Red Sea. So now Moses, he has gone up to the mountain again. And the thing is, when apostle and lady Davis goes away, we have to make sure that when they come back, we not worshiping no golden calves. We have to make sure that the same way that they left the house is the same house that they come back to or greater because what be on them be on us. So Moses is coming down the mountain where he's been talking to God face to face in the glory of God. In Exodus chapter 19, they talks about how the glory of God came down in a cloud and they had thunderings of trumpets and he came down in fire and the Israelites, they were afraid. They were like, um, Moses, we're not going up there. We'll listen to you, but we're not going up to the mountaintop. And Moses was trying to tell them God loves you. But they were like, no, we're going to stay down here. So Moses went up to speak with God. And the thing is, when Moses came down from the mountain, it says that he didn't know that his face was shining. Sometimes you don't know the glory that's on your life. But the thing about it is the people, they could see the glory on him and they were afraid. So sometimes the people around you can see the glory on you before you do. And sometimes that's why they don't call you no more sometimes that's why they don't invite you to nothing no more sometimes that's why they don't come to church with you no more because they see the glory on you that you can't even see within yourself they see the power on you that you don't see within yourself they see it but you don't see it and you're wondering why, why have you gone away from me but it's because of the glory so it's okay now there could be other reasons that people start acting funny with you But if the only thing that you did was spend more time in the presence of God and nothing else, then it's because of the glory. It is because of the glory on your life and you don't have to worry about it. And Moses, the one thing about him is that he didn't ask for the glory. It just came on him. He didn't ask for it. He was in the presence of God pleading on behalf of Israel, the people who had sinned against him, the people who had turned on him. He was trying to get God not to kill them. And when he was in the presence of God, that's when the glory came. Sometimes when you're praying for somebody else, the glory drops on you. Sometimes when you're asking God to pay somebody else's bills, the glory drops on you. Sometimes when you're asking God to heal somebody else, the glory falls on you so don't be afraid to go to God on somebody else's behalf because your ladder will be glory and the thing about is when Moses realized what was going on and while the people were running away from him he said oh man they're running away from me because I'm shining so bright so what did he do he put a veil on himself He covered himself. So, point number one when the glory of God is on your life, there will be the temptation to cover it up because it makes other people uncomfortable. And a veil. A veil, it can be a noun or a verb, but a veil means to cover or a cover, to conceal or to hide something, to intercept the view. So when I think of a veil, the first thing that I thought about was a bride. When you see the bride coming down the aisle, what does she have on? She has on a veil. And the thing about the veil is that, yes, those on the outside can't see her. But the one behind the veil can't see out clearly either. So the veil is double sided. They can't see you, you can't see them. And Moses, he put on this veil because his face shone with the glory of God. And the word shone in the Old Testament is Koran, which means to shoot out rays. So he was shining like the sun, he wasn't just glowing. You know how sometimes when you get oily, your face shines a little bit. It wasn't that type of shine. He was literally shining like the sun. And you know, you can't look directly at the sun because it'll hurt your eyes. He had that kind of shine on his face. And the glory in this scripture refers to light or brilliance. Moses was transformed in the glory of God and it manifested in a physical change in his image in his face in how people recognized him but the thing about this glory was that it wasn't a permanent glory it didn't stick around in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 7 it says but if the ministry of death written and engraved in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily on the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was what it was passing away. So originally in Exodus 34, Moses put the veil on because it was difficult for other people to look at him. So now we see that in Exodus, and I'm sorry, in second Corinthians chapter three, thirteen, that Moses wore the veil for a different reason. Second Corinthians 313 says, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So now he's wearing the veil, not because the people were uncomfortable, but because he was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable with what was changing, with what was going away, something that he had been accustomed to. It was passing away. Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, it mentions the glory of the latter temple will be greater than the glory of the former temple. And this former glory that appeared on Moses in Exodus was passing away. And the Greek word for this phrase, the glory is passing away, is karageo, which means to be rendered entirely useless. The stone tablets of the law that Moses carried that was engraved by the hand of God in the glory of God. It had come to an end. It had become utterly useless. Now the law, it had a purpose and it had its time. But the Old Testament is spoke in types and shadows and it alluded to the glory that was to come. The latter glory, the latter glory that would come was the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it does a comparison of the former glory and the latter glory. And it says, but if the ministry of death written and engraved in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what was passing away was glorious, what remains? What remains? What remains, what remains is much more. Glorious, And these are the times that I believe that we're in right now. I believe that we are in the times of latter glory and latter rain. The time when the spirit of God will not relent. It will not hold back. It cannot be veiled. It cannot be covered. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be shut down. It cannot be shut out. We are in the days of latter glory where God is pouring his spirit out on all flesh. And every knee is going to have to bow, whether involuntarily or voluntarily and every tongue is going to have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. We are in the ladder, glory. Which leads to point number two. Point number two is your ladder will be greater. Your ladder will be Greater. This former glory changed the outside image, but this latter glory changes the image from the inside out because one Greek translation of glory in this scripture is the which means to think and to think our thinking is housed in our soul. So the law, the former glory changed the body. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, the latter glory changes the soul. It saves the soul. So the latter glory, it not only changes the appearance, but it changes the way you think. It changes the way you behave. It changes the way you perceive. Your perception is on another dimension. You have a bird's eye view. Instead of looking down and up at a problem, you can look down into a situation and speak to it because of the glory, the latter glory that's on your life. This glory, it changes what you see in the mirror in second Corinthians 318. It says, but we all say we all, we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of God. So put your hand up like this, put it right in front of your face, as If you were holding a mirror, it says, that's how we're beholding the glory. You're not looking at yourself. It says you are beholding the glory. And it says you are being transformed into the same image from former glory to latter glory just as by the spirit of the Lord. So you don't have to worry about what you see in the mirror anymore. You don't have to worry about what's looking back at you anymore because God said he is changing you from glory to glory by his spirit. So the glory on the inside is witnessing to the glory in creation. And you are recognized as the image of God walking in the earth. That's why you feel a boost of power when you say I am the one. You are agreeing with God about your image. You are agreeing with God about your identity. You are agreeing with God with what he said about you. His name is putting a step on what he said about you. He is agreeing that you are the head and not the tail. He is agreeing that you are the first and not the last. He is agreeing that you have provision. You have power. You have substance. You have influence, you have resources, you have everything you need because I am the one. And the thing about the word image is that if you take the first three letters of the word image, take the first three letters, flip that A and what does it say? one of the purposes of the I am the one movement is to get you to know your identity because before you couldn't see yourself as a son. You couldn't see yourself as a daughter. Because of your experiences, because of your past, because of what everybody around you told you that you wouldn't be, that you couldn't do, that you couldn't see. But when you say, I am the one, it lets you know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the one. I can do what God called me to do. I can say what he called me to say because I am the one. So you covered his glory. You've covered his glory for the sake of other people's comfort. Because you didn't want them to be uncomfortable in your presence. Knowing that you are more than what you had become. So not only did the veil cloud the image of you. It clouded your image of, your, of yourself. So when you looked in the mirror, you saw distortion. You saw potential that was unrealized. You knew it was you under the veil, but it impeded your recognition. You know how when you had on a ma- have on a mask, your phone can't recognize you? That's how it is. When you have on the veil, when you're covering up what God gave you on the inside, you don't know who you are when you look in the mirror because it's not your true self. When you shout, I am the one, you are ripping the veil in two. You are ripping the veil in the face of the the enemy. You are ripping the veil in the face of everything that said you could not do. And when we all come together, whether it's in the sanctuary or streaming online, There should be an explosion because of the collective glory that's in the room colliding with the all-consuming glory of God. This is why the glory of the latter temple will be greater because the glory in each individual, the glory in you, the glory in me will be unveiled. We will see the glory of God on display in the lives of the people. We see the glory of God on display in the lives of our apostle and our first lady. We see it on display. but. What they want to see is the glory of God on display in you. That's why they come on vacation and come into the house of God. That's why they call you back when they have so many other things to do. That's why they pray for you in the middle of the night. That's why they have 830 meetings. That's why they pray at 630. That's why they get up when they don't feel like getting up. Because they want to see the glory of God revealed in you. There is an ever increasing glory that's on the inside of you. And the last point that I have point number three is that when the veil is torn, the same ones who question your authenticity will declare who you are from their own mouths. They're going to say, Oh yeah, she's the one. Yeah. He's the one they're going to declare that the glory of God is on you. They're going to declare that the spirit of God is with you. And 38, it says, then the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, what? Truly, this man was the son of God, the same one that crucified you, the same one that lied on you, the same one that said, you've done this and you've done that, or you are this and you are that. They are the same ones that's going to declare online, they're going to declare to their friends, they are the one. They are the children of the most high God. They are anointed. They are grace. They have favor. The very same one. So don't worry about it. And the thing is, we have a king. The king of glory. King glory. And he shows up. So let's not forget what our apostle told us to expect when he shows up. He said unusual wealth is released on that group of people. You won't be able to explain it away. You won't be able to tell people how you got it. It is going to be so unusual. It's going to be so supernatural until you won't be able to explain the wealth that God is putting into your hands. He said that territory and land will come under the influence Of that group of people when you own the land you have influence when you own the land you can say what can be done and what can't be done on it when you have resources people listen to you in high places when you have resources you can extend the kingdom of God he says some of the most influential leaders in your region will come to your central location. We've already seen it happen. We've seen judges come here We've seen political figures come here. And I know that that is not the end. This is only the beginning of who will come here. Because there are answers in this house. There is glory in this house. For every need that is in this community. There is an answer in this house. For every need that is in this state. There is an answer in this house. For every need in this world. There is an answer in this house. Kings of every nation. Will be drawn to this house. The desire of every nation. We 'll be drawn to this house because of the latter glory. The glory will be as a light that illuminates a ball field in the darkness of night. The thing is, when you're in the midst of darkness and it's so thick, you turn on a light. Does the light hide from darkness? What does it do? It scatters the darkness. So the glory that's on your life, any dark situation, anything that's trying to cover you and cloud you and cause you to believe that you can't be, turn on the light. Turn on the light. Turn on the light. Turn on the light. the light. The last thing he said was, Even your failures will produce great success. The thing that you were so ashamed of, you felt like you would never recover from, you felt like you would never get up again, you felt like you would never be able to show your face again, you felt like you wouldn't be able to show yourself to the light of day. But He said, Even your greatest failures will produce great success. You're not gonna fall backward, you're gonna fall forward because that's what happens in the glory. Even the thing that you don't want to tell nobody about, the thing that you want to hide on the inside of your heart the thing that you're so ashamed of that you think makes you less than nothing that's the thing that God is going to get the glory out of so I'm gonna end with this and it's something else that our apostle has said and I think it's so appropriate he said let the light in your life be the light of glory who has glory in their life tonight who is ripping off the veil tonight who is tearing the veil so you can't pick it up piece it back together and put it back on to make somebody comfortable who's not afraid to be who God called you to be who's not afraid to call on in your life be the light of glory from this night forward don't put that veil on no more don't put that veil up don't pick it up throw it away there's nothing you can do with it it isn't serving a purpose the glory of God is in you for a reason and it's to shine 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 shine, shine. father we honor you tonight and we thank you that you have unveiled the glory on your people tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that they are not ashamed of what you have made them into. They are not ashamed of what you have called them to be, Lord, but they are calling themselves blessed and highly favored. They are saying that I am the one, God, and they're not just saying it, Lord, but they are believing it. They are walking in it. And God, I thank you, Lord, that it is manifesting in their life. In Jesus' name I pray.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.